your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today is day three of our prep week. And Ian from the Instagram page, Avs Insider, will be joining me and we'll be going through not the entire roster, but a good portion of the roster and uh, maybe making some predictions and expectations for those individual players and for the Avalanche as a whole. So uh, Ian will be joining me here momentarily but first follow the show on instagram on locked on avalanche on twitter search for l-o-p-n underscore avalanche and send any questions comments concerns opinions to locked on avalanche at gmail.com all right so a couple things to get to first before we get to in the colorado avalanche have listed five players now this is two days in a row where we have five players that are unfit to play. They are Gabriel Landeskog, Brandon Saad, Eric Johnson, and Philip Grubauer. Uh, I thought there was one more. For some reason, I remember seeing five, but in this article, it just says four. I don't know why. I mean, oh, Keaton Middleton is the other one. There he is. Um, so he's a AHL player that is up for training camp. So this is two days in a row. You got the unfit to play. Everybody's thrown around COVID. It, you know, it, it it is what it is. If it is COVID, it is. If it's not, it's not. Who, who knows at this point? Uh, could they be ready for day one? Yes, they could. And that's what Jarrett Bednar said. But he said it's too early to tell. We don't know. Um, just pretty much wanted to throw that out there. I'm not going to make any predictions or uh, guess as to why they're out because it doesn't really matter. They're out. Uh, let's just hope it's not injury. Let's hope it's not long-term and let's not start the season off on a bad foot. Um, Colin Wilson, if anybody has not read his self-penned article on the Players' Tribune, which came out uh, probably about a month ago, um, definitely, definitely do that. Talks about the reasons why he did not play last year, uh, went through... A, is you know still going through a, a tough battle with OCD, depression, some drug addiction. Um, and in that article, he said he didn't know yet, but it's very likely that he has played his last NHL game. And then yesterday it did come out where he officially announced his retirement. So um, I think that's the smart thing for him to do. Uh, he is already involved in a lot of organizations helping people with what he has gone through. So it seems like that's where his focus is, is is right now, and that's the best thing. So, uh, you know, things are more important than hockey, and for Colin Wilson, it's that. So I congratulate him in doing that. I congratulate him for his career in hockey. But this career that he's starting right now, you know, when he's old and in a rocking chair, he's probably going to look at, back at the things that he's doing right now instead of his hockey career. So... Congratulations to you, Colin Wilson. Finally, the NHL has announced that they are sponsoring their divisions. And 
let me get them up here see which what they who they are exactly so the the west division is going to be sponsored by honda the north division is going to be sponsored by scotia bank central is by discover card and the east is by mass mutual and people are losing their ever-loving minds on social media most of those people that are losing their minds are not really in the hockey no most of them because if you were you would understand why the nhl is doing this i don't see a lot of people within the hockey world really getting mad about this for number one it's divisions okay yeah we're and and the nhl has said that they are just doing this for one season if that's going to hold true remains to be seen if it doesn't then we can have a a discussion on you know is this selling out but we've talked on this show specifically about how the nhl is is they're not in the same markets as the nba the major league baseball and the nfl they're not so they need to find ways for this season in particular to make some revenue and that's a fine way to do it in my opinion uh, you know, the ads on the helmets. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I understand it. So uh, if these things are here to stay, I think that I think the helmet thing that might be here to stay. The naming or the, the advertising in the divisions. I hope that's not. I'll say that. I hope it's not. But I get it for this year. And people who are throwing their arms up in the air uh, you know, that this is the NHL selling out and, you know, what's next? Are, are we going to start renaming our team names to advertise? Like, get over yourself. Let's all relax. Like, we, we are dealing with a, a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic that is affecting all sports. And when it hits sports like the NHL, and it hits sports like the NHL hard, they need to come up with some ways to to get some revenue. And this is one of them. It's probably not going to be the last. You know, everybody, nobody has a problem with college football having the Tostitas Fiesta Bowl and, you know, uh, who sponsors the Orange Bowl. And, you know, there's there's a sponsor for every bowl. Some of some of the bowl games don't even have a creative name. It's just the sponsor. So everybody's fine with that. But for some reason, the NHL putting ads on division names, maybe because it hasn't been done before. And, you know, maybe now when everybody else starts doing it, then they're going to look back and look at the NHL as being the revolutionaries to do it. But right now they're the dog for doing it. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I want the NHL to be around for a very long time. And for them to do that, they need to make some money. And an easy way to do that is advertise. So let's all calm down. All right. Before we get to Ian, let's hear from our friends over at betonline.ag. And all of those, all of those bowl games that I just mentioned, you can bet on them, and people bet on them. And the NFL, whose playoffs are just around the corner, you can bet on those too. If you didn't know that, uh, but yeah, the place to do it is BetOnline.ag. And right now, because they are sponsored up with us, you can go to the website, sign up for a free account, use the promo code Locked On, and you get fifty percent extra in your account. So when you sign up, use the promo code locked on. So you put 200 bucks in your account, you got 300 in your account. You got you put 500 in your account, you got 750 in your account. 
So it's a great welcome bonus over at betonline.ag. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And once again, that promo code is locked on for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports books experts. And there is a lot of stuff on that site. It's not just sports. They do have like a kind of like a casino side to their site. And they even have like some really cool prop bets, um, even outside of the world of sports. I saw one the other day, which was kind of in the political world. If you want to bet on stuff like that, feel free. But uh, they they have a lot of different uh, lines you can bet on, obviously. And we like them already because their number one team to win the Stanley Cup this season is the Colorado Avalanche. So go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account, promo code locked on, 50% extra right off the bat. All right, quick little break, and we'll be back with Ian from Avs Insider. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. And as promised, day three of our prep week. And today we have Ian Combest, right? Ian Combest? Correct, yeah. All right, close enough. Uh, From Avs Insider from Instagram. Great, great uh, profile that he has on Instagram to follow. Um, And huge Avalanche fan, obviously. So we are going to get into kind of some expectations for individual players and the team as a whole uh, for this upcoming season. So Ian, thank you for coming on. Welcome to the show. First time on. Yeah. Thanks man. Great to have yeah. You. Thanks. Uh, talk about your kind of brief history with the avalanche. How long have you been a fan? Why the Colorado <laughs> avalanche? I mean, you live out there, right? You live, you live in. Yeah. So. I, I live, uh, I live closer to Denver. Um, right. I've been a fan since like 2013. I think my, uh, I, I, it was, um, I was watching like highlights, like on the old, like Comcast on demand, they used to have like little highlight clips or whatnot mm-hmm. and, uh, they, uh, put them together and I, I would be watching those. And then I, I watched my first game against the predators and I think it was Nick Holden, the old D man yeah. scored like two goals or something like that. And we won and I was just hooked. And after that, I, I watched, you know, a bunch of games after that. And since then it's just been. I've been getting stronger as a fan each year. It's weird how, you know, you can just have like that player. You know what I mean? Like not the yeah, exactly. name in Colorado Avalanche history, but for whatever reason, that player, that game is what hooked you. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It just happened to be that that night that, you know, that right. happened. And, exactly. I mean, it feels great. You know? Right. So uh, Avs Insider on Instagram, great site. How long have you been running that? Oh, I started it maybe over a year ago. It was kind of it's just like one of those little fan pages that, you know, I didn't, I was just kind of playing around having fun with. Right. And then all of a sudden it kind of just, it grew and then it got more serious at that point. And I was like, wait a minute, I got to keep up with this. <laughs> so I, I was never expecting it to grow. <clears throat> also, if I cough, I'm not sick. I'm just, my throat's cold dry. That's but, all right, um, no problem. Uh, yeah, no, it was just one of those things where I, I was kind of just fooling around. I was making hockey memes on Instagram, you know, doing stuff. I was just having fun with it. And then mm-hmm. it blew up. It grew a lot. and It's still growing a lot. Yeah. And I just I enjoy, you know, especially because like I'm a huge abs fan. I enjoy getting the news out to people. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it's great to, you know, be able to have a voice, especially when it's something that you care about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's brought me a lot of places. It's 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 
it's done good things. So good. I like it. I like it because it's not, you know, uh, rumor central, like the stuff you put out is, you know, backed by, you know, uh, it, it's legit information. Yeah, it's exactly. not just like, Oh, I'm going to throw this out. Like I, I heard this possible trade on some, you know, uh, random website and I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> it, it, it's not stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, so it's, it's not like a, it's not, it's not a, it's not a clickbait page. It's definitely yes. something that like I look at, you know, um, and I've, I've got a lot of sources that I, I get information from that are close with the team or they're, you know, they've been proven over and over again, stuff like Elliot Friedman's guys like those yep. where it's, it's just a condensed place for avalanche fans to get only avalanche news. You know, they don't have right. to look through all the other crap. They can just go straight to the av stuff and get yeah. what they need. And even just little stuff, you know, because um, normally big reporters won't report that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. It's a great site. Zero. Or page. It's not a site. What I don't, what do you call it? It's yeah. Page, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever you call it. <laughs> so, all right, let's dive into some avalanche players and some expectations. Uh, you know, I guess we'll start individual and then we'll kind of talk about the team at large. Um, you, you think Colorado avalanche, you think Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you know, there, there's no reason to believe that he won't have another incredible season. It'd be interesting to see what his points will be with a 56 game season uh, and kind of like do the math on if it would have been an 82 game season, he would have had X amount of points. But um, uh-huh. do, you, do you think, I mean, it's just going to be Nathan McKinnon business as usual, or do you think because he's in a weak division he's going to take advantage of that and his numbers are going to be maybe a little bit inflated. Um, personally, I think, well, last, last season he played 69 games. So 13 above, you know, the 56 and he had 93 points. So, I mean, especially in a weaker division, we've got a lot of Pacific division teams uh, discounting the fact that we can't win against Pacific division teams, but um, (laughs) taking away that, um, I think he should have at least an equal year with 93, maybe 90, um, just because we're playing against weaker teams, especially the only real teams I can see competing with us, like, you know, like competing, competing with us in the division is St. Louis and Vegas. Um, so I think it's going to be around the same. I would not be surprised if it was a little bit less just because of, you know, less games. Yeah. But um, no, he's in he's in the prime of his career. I bet he hits 85, 90 easily. That would be <laughs> incredible for a 56 game season. That would be great. I, I And I'm seeing a lot of people kind of he seems to be like the like the sexy pick this year because he, he yeah. hasn't been, you know, he, he's been uh, coming second place in, in the heart voting twice. And when that happens to a player that probably should have one, at least one under his belt by now he becomes the, yeah. well, now this is the year that we're going to give it to him. Almost, almost like a pity party type of thing. And not that he's asking for that. Yeah. But, um, I do. I, I, I agree with you. I think he, he's not going to slow down. This team is ready to go. Um, and he's what makes it go. So I, I think, I think it's going to be a huge, huge year for him, which isn't surprising to me. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, he's, um, he's top, top three player in the world. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. So, uh, Miko Rantanen, um, I'm looking forward to seeing him play this year. I think he's, he's ready to, I don't even want to, I mean, would you call it a bounce back year? I thought people are, people are, are kind of 
down on him for some reason. And the amount of games he played, he was still basically a point per game guy. Yeah. Miko Rentinen is one of those guys that'll a point per game. Um in ignoring his 2016-17 has basically been a t- little bit above a point per game, whatnot, you know, give or take a few. So if he plays 56, I'm honestly expecting 60. Because if you if you look at his last three years, um uh 84 and 81 games, 87 and 74 games, and then 41 and 42 games. So I, I, I personally think he's going to hit around the 60 mark just because he's been extremely consistent with finishing just above, you know, his game's played line. Um, now, if he were to completely break out, totally explode, that's obviously possible. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it's going to be around 60. Yeah, I think he I, – and I don't know how much he's a guy that pays attention to, you know, the media and stuff like that. He, he, he probably – he gives off the impression that he doesn't really – care he kind of shrugs stuff like that off but i think personally i think for for him personally i think he uh even though was you know a point per guy a point per game guy last year basically um i think he's he's unhappy with that fact that he didn't get a full season in uh was injured i think he from a personal level really wants to have uh a miko ranton in like season so i see yeah exactly yeah um, and kind of topping it off with the big three, Gabe Landeskog, <clears throat> on that mysterious unfit to play or perform list right now. Yeah. Who, who knows what that's about? But considering he's fine come game one, mm-hmm. um, what do you think about him? What do you think he's going to do this year? He's only been above um, one point per game once in his career, and that was – 2018-19 so I don't expect him to put up more than 56 Um, I mean if he did that'd be great Mm -hmm. but um, I think with just how his his point production has gone you know he's he's already how old is he what 28 now so he's he's not going to grow much you know what I mean but um, so I think he's going to put up around the same kind of numbers I would say you know if he has a good season he'll put up a point per game get around 55 um, if he has an expected season, I would say 50. Uh, mm-hmm. This past year, he played 54 games, 44 points. Um, I think that especially, I mean, like the, if that was on a, um, was he consistently on a line with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen when they were healthy, or was he on the second line? No, I think last year he was more on on the, the top line with uh, McKinnon and okay. Rantanen. Uh, but he did. He, he got off to a slow start last year. He started uh, picking it up a lot towards the end of the season. So uh-huh. uh, I think people are hoping that he can continue that and not get off to that slow season or uh, slow start to the season because you don't want yeah. that this year <clears throat> with a 56-game season. Uh, you want him to, exactly. to come out a little bit hot. So, um, <clears throat> And um, I, I think he'll produce more if he's on the line with McKinnon and Rantanen. If he's on the second line with Kadri and Saad, um, I'm not sure how the, you know, the chemistry would play out there or whatnot, but, um, I, 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 he's going to be above 40 points. Like, I think we can all, yeah, I think that, with. I think that's uh, about 40 bet. plus. Yeah. I think that's a safe bet. And that was my next question to you is, is, you know, we'll have to see, you know, do you think he will suffer a little bit if he is on that second line, which is where, mm-hmm. well, he hasn't been practicing the last couple of days, but that's where when, when he started out camp, uh, he was on that mm-hmm. second line. 
Um, but you would almost have to believe, you know, if he's going to play on that second line when it's five on five, when they go in the power play, he's probably going to be on that top line. Oh yeah, easily. So I, he'll I, he'll get the, some the points in there. Line, yeah. Right. Especially when the top line, the Avs top line, normally has four forwards. Um, mm-hmm. I think that especially, I think he's he's going to put up a lot of points on the power play. Definitely. Um, for first or second line, five on five doesn't matter. Yeah. But um, because he he yeah. camps out in front. <laughs> that's his. Yeah, that's exactly. his home base, and mm-hmm. he he picks up those those scrap rebounds and stuff like that. So. Uh-huh. Um, all right, we got those the the big three out of the way. Let's get the I guess the big four if you want to add Kale McCarr to this. I think this is pretty simple. He, <laughs> I think he's only going to improve from last year. Maybe maybe not numbers wise because it's a fifty six game season, but just uh-huh. from production and uh, you know just how how he exactly is going to handle the game. Um, what are you expecting from him this year? Um. Well, last year he played 57 games, so that gives us a pretty accurate estimate of yeah, you know, uh, where where he's at. Um, 50 points in 57 games—that's really good for any defenseman, mm-hmm. um, especially one that's you know played when he was 21. Um, I personally think <clears throat> I don't think he's going to necessarily explode and put up like a John Carlson or Roman Yossi numbers, but. Um, I, I think that he's, his points total is definitely going to be improved, whether or not that's five, 10, you know, 15. Um, I, 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 am not, I don't really have a, a set number yeah, on that, right, right. but, uh, I, just from looking at his other season that we can compare, um, 12 goals, I feel like that goes up to 15. Um, other than that, yeah, I'd say 55, 60 yeah. and definite, yeah. a definite improvement in other areas. That's not just scoring. Sure. Sure. Right. And I, and I think that's Especially where, because he's got, he's gotten a lot bigger. That's true. That's very true. Let me see. Like, like have weight him. wise. Uh, let's see. So he was born in 98. So he's what? 22. Well, yeah. 22, 187 pounds. So he's, I mean, but he doesn't, he looks a lot bigger than that. Like you can't get that guy down. He, he's, yeah. he's um, exactly. yeah, I, he, he's going to be, an all-star for the majority of his career. So, Oh yeah. Um, and especially on the websites, it says 187 pounds here, but that's from last season's measurement. I would not be surprised if he put that up to 195 or 200 because he, be. he looks a lot bigger. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so moving on to kind of like these mid range guys, uh, maybe the, the guy at the top of that list, in my opinion, would be Burkowski. Uh, yeah. I'm looking for a really big season from him. I just feel like, and I've said it before on the show, I, I just feel like now that he has a year under his belt in, in Colorado with pretty much this same roster, he feels maybe more comfortable there. Um, and, you know, the big thing was last year, Nathan McKinnon telling him to shoot more. It's one thing for, you know, the all world Nathan McKinnon to tell you shoot more and then you listen to him. Uh, but I really feel like he's a little bit more comfortable in doing that this year. So I, and he can score. So oh, yeah, uh, you, what do you, what do you think he can, can total this year compared to maybe seasons past? Well, Burakovsky last year, he was kind of our, our sniper, our shooter. Um, but now I think, especially with Saad, um, if we get, 
um, a line of something like Burakovsky, Saad, or Kadri in the middle, you know, that that's three great goal scorers on one line, almost unstoppable. But especially, I think Burakovsky would fit perfectly next to Ronson and McKin- Ronson and McKinnon. Um, McKinnon feeding Burakovsky the puck is just sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, you have you know two great goal scorers on each side of Nathan McKinnon, who's probably the best playmaker next to Connor McDavid. Um, if Burakovsky plays next to McKinnon, his point total is definitely gonna skyrocket. Um, I think the Avs are due for one of the best offset offensive seasons in a while. Yeah. Just looking at the roster on paper and how they performed last year and how they only got better. Um, I think point total wise last season, you put up 45 and 58. Um, I that easily hits 50, mm-hmm. especially with his new four year extension. Yeah. You know, he's making big bucks now. He's, he's, I think, over that one year, he's proved that Colorado is the right place for him. That I, I, he's definitely going to put up 45, 50, or 50, 55. Um, I would not be surprised if he puts up 25, 30 goals and is our breakout player. I, think I definitely so. think he's he's prime for breakout. He's 24. So, yeah, I I 100% agree. I mean, could could there even be and and this might happen? Maybe not for you know <clears throat> extended periods of time. But mm-hmm. is there a possibility where they bring up Brandon Saad to the top line to play with McKinnon and Rantanen and then have a line of Burkowski, uh, Landeskog, <laughs> and Kadri? You'd have to move one of those guys because Landeskog and Burkowski are both left wingers. Um, right. I mean, you'd have to move one of them, but just messing around with the lines, could, could you do that? And then. Um... Yes, you could because the uh, opening line train, the opening training camp lines had Burakovsky on the right wing next to McKinnon and Rantanen, and yeah. they had Landeskog on the left wing on second line. So that uh, that automatically there proves that Bednar is comfortable with putting Burakovsky on either side. Well, I wouldn't put uh, Landeskog has been a left winger the whole you know his whole career. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to ever shift over to the right side, mm-hmm. but that just shows me that. Uh, Burakovsky can play right and Rantanen can play left. Mm-hmm. And I think that versatility is definitely going to be good. Yeah. Um, all right. How, how about Brandon Saad? Let, let's get into the guys that they, they traded for. So um, uh-huh. just going to be one of those guys that benefits from being on a good team. Well, last season he put up 21 goals in 58 games. Um, the season before that was 23 goals in 80 games. So, I mean, he's a, he's a consistent goal scorer. Um, I was counting out, you know, he's had a third, he had, he's had, he had a 30 goal season with the, the blue jackets. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think he brings that goal scoring ability, like, um, like a, uh, a strictly goal scoring ability that I think the abs were kind of missing last year. I mean, we mm-hmm. had Burakovsky, you know, Nathan McKinnon, probably store rant in it. All of our players can score, sure. but, um, that that's sniper element. I think Brandon Saad brings it in, um, and especially get, getting Saad um, in exchange for you know somebody like Zadorov. Now, well, I love Zadorov to death. I think that was an amazing trade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, br- bringing in that last bit of offense. You know, um, and still making room for D, making room for a guy like Taze, 
I think it was just a great move by Sackick to pick up Saad. And uh, I think um, I think we're only paying him either four or five million because I know uh, I know the Blackhawks are still paying some of his contract. Yeah. He's got a year left. Um, so I don't know if he's going to stay. But I know that for this year, I think he's going to be pretty good. I, I see I see another 20 goal season. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with you on that one. Um, what about uh, most likely his line mate, Nazem Kadri? Kind of in the same boat as Burkowski, uh, but I feel like he slid right in and was comfortable from the beginning where Burkowski yeah. took him a little while to warm up to, to you know, the new environment. Kadri was just like, no, um, I needed to get out of Toronto. Um, this is where I, uh-huh. you know, I, I landed in a great spot. I'm good. So um, there was no kind of, you know, like warm up period for him. What do you think, uh, you know, year two is going to look like for Kadri? Looking at the stats with Maple Leafs, he had two straight 32 goal seasons, hmm. um, which is huge. And then the year after was his last season is in Toronto and he only had 16 um, comes to Colorado puts up 19. So um, let's see, we put up 19 goals in 51 games. I mean, I, if we, if there's a full 56 game season, 20 goal year, um, mm-hmm. just by how he played last season, yeah. um, you know, I think 40 points. He's not, a, I mean, he's not a guy I'm going to be like, oh, 60, 70 points. Right, right, right. But um, I, I do think another another 20 goals score um, that's going to be in our top six. You know, I think our top six is absolutely ridiculous yeah. compared to anything else in the league. But um, yeah, so 20 goal season, if he outperforms expectations, 25. Yeah, I think that's definitely within reason for him. Absolutely. And, and I think he benefits from uh Brandon Saad not only uh being on his line but where because sometimes uh Kadri would would slide up into that first power play unit so Uh you know he would obviously benefit from being in that and say he's not say he's on the second power play unit with Brandon Saad there now that that just improves that second power play unit so regardless I think you know he's going to get his points on five on five but um I think he's one guy that can benefit no matter what line he's on going into the yeah. play. So yeah, exactly. I definitely think 2025 is definitely within reason for him. I do. Um, switching over to the defense, obviously outside of Camel Car. Uh, I think Ryan Graves is going to do this year. Um, kind of, you know, it, it, it's everybody wants to talk about the uh, Duchesne deal. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, epic. Let, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like looking at deals like that to get a guy like Ryan Graves uh, at the 12th hour, middle of the night, nobody pays much attention to it. It's a footnote of a, mm-hmm. a trade and he's turned out to be a damn good player. Can he keep oh, yeah. that going? <clears throat> he keep, I mean, cause you know uh, I think some people are like, all right, well, people will always have their arms crossed and say, you need to keep proving it to me. You know, you're not Nathan McKinnon. You're, you know, you, you came out of nowhere and sometimes people for like guys like him just wait for the other shoe to drop or it was like, Oh, see, he just had a couple good seasons. Do you think he's legit? I mean, I, I think he he's played very well the past few years. I mean, he had, he's only had one real full NHL season. Um, by the way, I, I remember when that trade happened. I was uh, I was sitting and wondering why the Avs weren't doing anything at all, 
And then I, I got a notification on my phone. It's like, I was trade for Ryan Graves. I was like, oh, it's a minor league deal. You know, we traded <laughs> yeah. away Chris, Chris Begra, who <laughs> is, I, I think, I think he's on like the, the third pair of like, what are the, the, uh, the Flyers AHL team? Is that where he is now? I don't know. doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. L- last I checked, he was in New York and he signed with another team. Right. But, um, it's, it's deals like that, that build a team. You know what I mean? Cause like, right. you, I mean like the Duchesne deal, like you said, that was just total, like that, that built our team. You know what I mean? Just from right. the ground up almost all the way to the top. But um, no, like Ryan Graves, he's a great offensive defenseman. Um, like what did he have? The, the highest plus minus in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like, Normally, plus minus isn't a stat that you'll look at and be like, oh, it's the most important stat. But when it's that high, exactly, it shows you that, okay, when this guy is on the ice, he does good things. Yes. And, yeah. um, you know, he's he had nine goals last year, um, 69 games. I think 26 points in 69 games is good for a great for a defenseman. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to play because he played well next to McCarr. Um, but in camp, they've had Taze and McCarr together. Right. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to be on the third line with Cole, Timmons, Byram, one of those guys. Sure. Um, I mean, having him on a third pair is just ridiculous. But um, no, I, I think he puts up another solid 25-point year um, just because less games. I think he improves 20, 25 points. Sure. Um, if he plays uh, that, his stats from last year were him playing on the first line. Um, so he's going to get less ice time. I mean, probably not much less ice time. I'm sure they'll, they'll rotate their guys less because we right. have such depth at the D. But um, no, I, I, I'm definitely looking at like 20 points or so. Yeah. And if he, if he uh, outperforms expectations, <clears throat> that's when we'll definitely have to worry about Seattle. But I think for now, um, I'd be looking at 2025. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and like you said, like uh, 2025 is good for him, but what else is he doing on the ice? And, and which exactly. seems to be a lot for him. Like he, he does more than just uh, score. I mean, he's not out there to, mm-hmm. you know, put up points, but um, like you said, when, when, when the plus minus is that high and it stands out, you take notice of a guy like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, one more on the defensive end mm-hmm. and then, uh, We'll talk about some goalies quick. Um, All right, cool. What, Sam Girard, um, you know, he, he's one of my favorites on the team. I I, I don't know why. Oh, I yeah. Just love he, he. He he just feel like he doesn't deserve to be on the defensive end because he just looks like he's just so little. Uh, and he and he is. You know, he's five yeah. ten, hundred seventy <laughs> pounds, but he doesn't get pushed around. Like he he, I just love watching him play. He just plays so hard. Wow. Um, not a goal scoring machine by any stretch of the imagination, but does well on the assist side. So that's kind of where he gets the majority of his points. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's for him, I think it'll be interesting to see who he is paired with. It's not going to be McCarr. Um, uh, who, I mean, what is it? Who could it be here? I, I would say I, my, my best bet would be Eric Johnson. Solely yeah. for the fact that past for the past three years they've been on the second pair together and have worked 
very well. I mean, they're best friends. If you look at all their their Instagram posts and whatnot, they're always together. They're always joking around with each other. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely the second pair is definitely set to be Gerard and Johnson, unless something happens. Um, but yeah, like you said, like he he's not the best goal scorer. He had what four goals last year. Uh, but the assists, you know, thirty assists. Yeah. Um. So he he's able to get the puck around. He's able to, you know, find his guys. Um. I mean, we we've we've seen him shoot. He can shoot. Sure. Um. I don't know if you remember the uh the, Spinorama Tornad goal against the Sharks, you know. But it that. He does that so much. I, I lose track of who he does. Oh it yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But the one thing yeah, I do remember him about him. It was like you said, like he's not a goal scoring machine, but the mm-hmm. he scored a goal against uh, St. Louis. It was the the game that they needed. It was the last game of the year, uh, and and it was yes, win, winner goes in. And he's kind of like a calm guy. Like he's not like uh-huh. this like rah rah type of guy. But that was the first goal of the game. Slap shot from the blue line went in. And his emotion was so <laughs> after they scored that oh, yeah. goal and the, and the look on his face, I'm like, this game's over. It, like if this guy is that fired up, which he should have been, but you uh-huh. don't see that type of raw emotion come out of him. Oh, yeah, Exactly. I was a favorite of his from that moment on. Uh, yeah, it, that, 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 that was definitely the goal that just kind of set the tone, uh, which I think is funny is that is that the past was never intended for him. I think it was intended. If you watch it back, I think it's either Nieto or Como, one of those two okay. guys. But the, the pass goes right past him, and it, it just perfectly lines up with Gerard. Really? But it's funny because um, I think if like I think I watched it back a few times, but you can, whether or not it was Nieto or Como, um, I think you could see him go for the one timer and they miss, and it goes straight to Gerard, who. Oh, you I know, gotta watch it us. again. Oh yeah. It's it's kind of weird because like I didn't notice it at first. I was like, oh, thank God that they missed the pass because like that wouldn't have happened, you know. Oh uh, wow! All right, yeah, I got to check that out again. It was such a great moment. Such a great moment. Oh yeah, loved it. It was it was it was one of my favorite moments ever. Definitely. Um, moving on to the goalies, um, is either is is Grubauer and Francois is, is them getting through a season healthy success enough? 100%. Both of those goalies, <laughs> especially when we have two goalies that can that we know can play, they're just injuries. You know, I don't want Grubauer to end up like a Varlamov, you know, um, with his groin. Um, yeah. I think both of them have proven they can play. I mean, personally, I think Francois should be the starter over Grubauer. Really? I feel like that's a little bit of a – yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, just, I've looked at his stat. I mean, he played a little bit less games. Um, stats were a little bit better, but I just see more consistency from Francois because when we have Grubauer in net, you know, we kind of every Avs fan gets that. Oh gosh, Grubauer is in, is in net, but you know, when Francois there, it's like okay, it's it's Frankie, you know. Um, right. <clears throat> so I mean, that's just my opinion. They're both great goalies. I, they're not like superstars. They're not stars. Right. They're just. I think it's a solid, you know, top fifteen tandem that we can work back around. I think especially after them in the AHL with Werner and Miska and Anunan coming up, I think we've got a good, you know, set line of goalies. Um, and I think that we don't need, we don't, we don't necessarily need, you know, a Vasilevsky or, you know, a John Gibson or a Hellebuck to win a cup, especially when we have 
a goalie rotation, that's good. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. if, mean, if you have if you have one superstar goalie, you, you're relying on him the whole time. Where us, the Avs, you know, we've got two goalies that we know can play against any team and yeah. be successful. And this, the way the season is is set up, you, uh-huh. you need it. You have to have it. You have to have a, a two headed yeah, exactly. monster. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think you know th- this team is going to score. They're they're going to score a lot. So they're not going to uh-huh. have to ask a ton out of Grubauer and Franzos. You know what I mean? If they, if they can have a game where they yeah. give up two goals, uh, you would be pretty comfortable that the Avalanche are going to win that game. So uh-huh. um, oh yeah, it, it, fully agree. Yeah. So as a whole, the team, team as a whole, high expectations for the Avalanche this year. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I always feel like it, it's so difficult to just predict a championship for any team because it's, you know, nothing is obviously guaranteed. Yeah. So you're hearing out of the camp that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're built to win a cup. It's, it's cup or nothing this year. And that's great. That's what, you, that's what you want to hear from the players on the team. Um, realistically, is is it cup or bust this year? If just say they make it to the cup, and whoever they play against, they give them a good uh, series. Maybe it goes seven games. You know, you lose in overtime. If that happens, that's a whole nother conversation because they can't seem to get over that hump. Yeah. But you know, and and of course you want to win it. I'm not saying you, you're not you're not in this to win this thing. But uh, what would be considered successful a successful season for you in the Colorado Avalanche this year? Well, our roster is 100% cup-worthy. I, however, I don't think it's cup or bust, such as something like the Washington Capitals were cup or bust, or the Pittsburgh Penguins were cup or bust, because our team is young. Um, our team doesn't have, you know, a bunch of um, contracts expiring that we won't be able to pay. Um, however, I do think that this season is probably going to be our best shot because <clears throat> we've got Sod, and next year we're going to have to pay Makar. We're going to have to pay Landeskog. Um, that's going to take off cap room. Not sure if we're going to be able to bring back Sod. Not sure if, you know, who Jost or Graves or Comfer or even Donskoy are going to get taken by Seattle. You know, I think that this is the year where we have everything in place. We have zero dollars in cap space. (laughs) We have taken it to the max. This is the best chance we're going to get in a while. Um, ignoring all the up and coming prospects and whatnot, I think this year, because, you know, especially next year, who knows, you know, what's going to happen, who knows, you know, and I'm just, I'm hoping we can avoid injury this year because this Mm. is our best shot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, because it, and Nathan McKinnon is going to get a deal the next few years. You know, he said, Nathan McKinnon said he's going to take less on his next deal, but that's still going to be more than he makes now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just a thing where Sackick has built the roster around some amazing deals, some amazing, you know, entry-level contract decisions, and this is the year. And that's why I think a lot of players are saying cover bust because Seattle's going to take a good player next year. Um, 
we don't really we don't have any you know I mean we have our first round picks but we're we're done on second round picks you know and a lot of our thirds too um so I think it's just this is the year I think we've got the best shot, especially in the division that we're in. You're right. Because right. we have to play this division in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if we get the first seed, you know, in this division this year, and barring some Blues or Golden Knights fall off, we're not going to be playing them in the first round. Right. And I think that gives us a huge jump, a big opportunity. I think we are the best team in that division. The Blues worry me a little bit, especially now that they have Hoffman. Um, you know, they signed him to a PTO, but I think he's going to actually sign there. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's not cup or bust, but it's this is the best chance we will get in a while. Right, yeah, I think that's well said. Definitely, I, I agree. Um, all right, man, I... I uh... I think we, we should have you back on at the uh, end end of the season and kind of uh, yeah. compare and see, yeah, see, see how off we were or uh, how spot on we were. Um, yeah, let's do that, man. I'm, all right. I'd love, love to do that. Definitely. Um, so yeah, definitely go follow Ian and his page abs insider on Instagram. Are you on, are you on Twitter or not? I don't think you are. I, I checked. Uh, no, I, I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. I just kind of have my, my little personal account with like 20 followers. Okay. I, I, I don't really use it much. Anyways, all right. So. Your, your efforts are on, on Instagram and they are, uh, yeah. and they're good. They're good efforts. So yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure to, to put the link to uh, the podcast on my story and whatnot. Hopefully I love we can it. Get- Awesome. You know, yeah, no problem, right, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, like I said, we'll have you on uh, down the road. And uh, yeah. we, we will be back right after this. All right. Well, there you have it. Ian from Abs Insider over on Instagram. Uh, another conversation loaded with information. So, uh, yeah, definitely would love to have Ian come back at the end of the season and kind of compare notes and see how we did. So, um that's gonna be it for today everybody we are making our way through our prep week and tomorrow is going to be kyle sullivan you know kyle you know him you love him uh works with me on the fourth line minutes show and we will be talking about the kind of the fan perspective on uh what what the fans are expecting from the avalanche this year i was talking to ian about is it cup or bust in the player's eyes What's it in the eyes of the fan? So uh, maybe it's a little bit different. So we're going to have Kyle on tomorrow. Always a good conversation when he comes on the show. So definitely tune in for that. And anything else that's going on between now and then in the hockey world, we'll discuss it, at least for the avalanche world. Definitely check out Locked on NHL, by the way, doing a really good season preview. Uh, Each day we're doing one division yesterday was the north division i don't know what order they're going in uh but doesn't matter they're really good kind of really quick five six minute bites from each host about their team in a division yesterday was north one of these days will be the west between now and friday so definitely check out uh locked on nhl to to hear those season previews uh from the hosts around the network it's good stuff all right everybody uh it's gonna be it for today We will see everybody tomorrow with Kyle. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.